Welcome to Security Stories, where we're going to discuss the good, the bad, and the lies that come with being a security guard. Warning, this episode is likely to have inappropriate language and discussions involving violence. Welcome to our 32nd episode of Security Stories, as well as our 11th episode of Video Review, where we'll also have a little bit of a security commentary on recent events involving security. Let's get down to it. theft is rampant in San Francisco. We walked into a store and easily spotted and recorded shoplifters in action. Now some retailers are going to new lengths to protect their products. KTV's Christian Captain joins us now from a Walgreens in the city's Richmond district that has taken the drastic step of using a chain to lock up the food there. Christian. Uh, so it looks like media is doing a review on shoplifting in San Francisco, California. Uh, they were able to get a shoplifter on video removing items from the shelf, putting them in their bag. Uh, They were trying to hide their face with a hat and a coat. Uh, You know, honestly, it depends on the area, but sometimes they won't even bother hiding themselves. Uh, For example, I know a Ross Dress for Less uh, that has implemented a new policy at several of their stores where it almost reminds me of like COVID era lines where they used to have people wait outside and they would only admit so many people into the store. Now, in this case, they are not uh, limiting the number of people in the store. They're just having you wait so that the camera can record you before you enter. And they'll have you wait there anywhere from, you know, five to 10 seconds up to five minutes, you know, sometimes if they're really sketched out by you. And it has seen some measure of success Uh, For example, I have not noticed that any of their shopping carts have gotten stolen in recent weeks, Uh, but they are still having theft, and that's because it's literally just like a, not quite like a velvet rope, but more like an an elastic uh, barrier, kind of a, yeah, I guess guess that's really what it is, like a little, a real roped off section where they have people, what you would call crowd management, it's not crowd control. Crowd control would be like a level of of violence or force that has to be used to kind of control the crowd. This is what you would call crowd management. You see these at like concerts and other public venues, you know, amusement parks where they have you walk through a line, wait, stand there. 
So this is more uh, crowd management and they are having people walk through this line. It slows down traffic. They're having people wait so that the camera can get a good picture of them. And in theory, you know, this would work uh, if they would contact the police. You know, like if they were getting a shoplifter and it's like, hey, we have video evidence of this guy. We got a good picture of his face. Um, we saw them get into this car, et cetera, et cetera. But they still don't bother doing police reports because, quite frankly, Ross is just trash at loss prevention. They're just really freaking bad at it. And, I mean, I, quite frankly, I, I feel bad for some of their employees because higher up will just blame their employees. Like, why didn't you do enough to stop theft even though we won't let you do anything to stop theft? And it's like a bullshit management style of like exerting control over your employees just like keep them bow, uh, brow beaten and you know I, I've seen so much turnover lately for that one location that we have on one of our sites that's like you'll stop by just be like hey man just letting you know this is what's going on in the area you know like homeless camps getting bigger or hey we've had this huge event over here or there was a fire over there you know just letting the stores know what's going on and be like, oh, hey, new employee. Oh, hey, where's the guy I used to talk? Oh, no, he's gone. Okay. Because their employees don't get paid enough. to. I, I think they're actually not even matching. Like, uh, like, I think McDonald's actually pays more than Ross. And for the way the employees get treated, not just by their higher management, but also by customers. Like, I've walked in and watched the typical Karen-type customers chewing out a 16-year-old cashier, you know? And I would not, I could not. There's a reason I don't do customer service anymore. And it's just, it's not so much all the bullshit you have to deal with uh, from corporation, uh, from your higher management, from whatever, all the company rules. It's customers. Customers are fucking garbage. And I'm sure, you know, some who are listening to this are like going, well, I'm a customer. All of us are customers. But, you know, for, for out of your hundred customers, you know... 90 are basically NPCs, eight are kind of trash human beings, one is the most god-awful person you've met that day, and one is the absolute gem, like that sweet little grandma who's just so polite to you, or just like, just that person who comes in, you're like, oh, thank God, this customer, my day is a little better. There's always one, there's always one amazing customer. The rest are NPCs or trash. And, you know, stores really aren't treated the way they should be. You should be going in, buying your stuff, and getting the fuck out. Not wasting the cashier's time, not bothering the employees with stupid, trivial bullshit. You should just be getting in, getting your stuff, and leaving. A store is not like a social venue, okay? The employees, and you're basically holding the employee hostage when you do these little conversations with them, right? So... You know, when you tell them about their day, they can't tell you, I'm sorry, I don't want to hear this. I have stuff to do. Because then you get all offended. I want to talk to your manager. This employee's an asshole. I don't want to shop here. You just lost a customer. Like, you're basically holding them verbally hostage. They're required to pretend to be nice to you. And I don't know why some people just eat that up. They're like, oh my God, the cashier's so nice. The cashier wishes you would hurry up and leave. They have stuff to do so they can finish their day. They're getting paid to be there. And you're treating it like it's social, like some sort of social event. It, it's, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not big for hanging out in stores. I mean, maybe it's just a guy thing. I don't know. I, I like to buy my stuff and get the hell out. I, I don't know. I don't understand people who hang out at stores all day long. 
Like someone who could go into like a Ross or an Ulta Beauty or, you know, whatever and hang out there for four hours. Like, do you not have better stuff to do with your day? Like go read a book, go, go, go on a hike, go ride a bike, go to the gym, four hours at a store. It's gonna be the most waste, like useless waste of time ever. And I have digressed very far (laughs) early on into this. Uh, but anyway, so they put up these barriers to control, not control, more manage the crowd coming in and it has prevented, uh, shopping carts from leaving. Which is great because, you know, like if you look up the average cost of a shopping cart, it's anywhere from $200 to $400 individually. Now, granted, stores will get a discount because they'll order, you know, $50, $75, $100 at a time. And, you know, they'll end up getting the cart at a discount. But if you go to replace just a single cart, like, you know, if your store lost one cart and all you're looking to do is get a new one, $300, like this one store right here, this Ross, $340 for a new cart. And that's without stenciling the company's name on it. That's without adding anti-theft devices, such as like a tip bar to prevent the cart from being tipped over or bent back. Um, A security bar, which will prevent the cart from leaving the store, which is why they add the tip bar too, because if you tip the cart, you can just get whatever. But without adding all of that, it's like $340. And so at the very least... um, this little rope idea of theirs of controlling the crowd going in and making them stand there at the uh, security camera while LP kind of just stares at them and says, sorry, got to wait here for 10 seconds. Um, It does seem to be preventing cart theft because I used to find carts all over the damn place and in various states of damage. And of course, we'd have to get them off our end of the property because they're blocking parking spaces or blocking the fire lane. Uh, They're just in inconvenient spots get them out of the way, push them back to the store. If we know which store they're from, sometimes you'll see like there's a Ross on site and you'll see carts from target. And you're like, wait a minute, the nearest target's like five miles from here. And you know, you know, it's likely homeless activity. Uh, so at the very least they're keeping their carts safe, which is good. Um, it has deterred some lower level shoplifters, uh, by which people who get nervous, um, they're, they don't want to have their face recorded. Um, it's also deterred some professional shoplifters and professional ones are the ones that are going in, taking specific items for resale, right? They're getting purses, they're getting perfume, they're getting beauty products, healthcare products, right? They're getting these certain things that they know they can turn around and do a resale on, whether it's through a yard sale, Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, uh, just literally wherever else they want to sell stuff to the professional ones. Uh, have gotten a little nervous towards it because their face is being recorded. And they've also noticed, you know, security patrols in the parking lot. And that's usually how we get them is we will feign not patrolling, not observing. And, you know, we'll catch a license plate. We'll get some good video from our dashboard camera. We'll get some good video from our body camera or from our mounted phone that we just have recording them and they're none the wiser. Uh, We have noticed... A decrease in that. What has continued to increase, however, is basically drug-based shoplifting. Uh, these are the people who will go in and steal various items, deliver those to their dealer. The dealer will then give them drugs in trade or a small amount of cash in trade. And, you know, for example, let's say they steal a $100 purse 
they're not getting $100 in trade. You know, they're not going to get $100 in drugs. <laughs> no, they're going to get a very small fraction, you know, like maybe 10 bucks, because the dealer doesn't care if they get caught. The dealer knows they have them hooked. They know that they're going to go back there and keep stealing repeatedly. So why would the dealer give them market value for anything? They won't because they're going to turn around and try to make money on it too, doing resale. So they only get a fraction of what it's actually worth. Which brings another issue into this. Uh, this one Ross that I know, um, and it has severely aggravated their LP, who I believe is looking for another job. Hey, good for him. Hope he gets more money. You know, because that, that's what it's all about, right? Make money, pay your bills, take care of you and your own family, you know. So if your job is a detriment to your mental health or to your wallet, fucking kick rocks and go find a better job as soon as possible. But anyway, if they steal a backpack or carry-on luggage or, like, let's say just a, a laundry basket and they load all that up, their higher LP, they're like their district manager type people, are saying only count the basket, only count the bag, only count the luggage. Not everything else they threw into it. So if you get one of those big, tall laundry baskets and you load it up with like $300 worth of shit, they're only having them count the $20 laundry basket. <laughs> Whereas before, and I've worked this on other properties, where sometimes you, can, you can't give an exact estimate and that's unfortunate, you know, like when you're trying to deal with the police and whatever. Um, you, But you can give a rough estimate. You can go, you know what? On average, these shirts range between $15 and $30. So we'll, we saw him pick up like 20 shirts on the camera. We're just going to call each shirt $20. Or even on the low end, even if you call it the bare minimum, each shirt's $15. That gives a base estimate for the cops when they do their police report. Or when you do an online report. So if you don't know exactly what they took, but you see them pick something up on the camera and you put it in their bag and you go, you know what? I don't know if that's a $30 shirt or a $15 shirt. We're just going to call it a $15 shirt or maybe just do it right in the middle at $20. And there you go. And at the very least you get a number and then, you know, oh, hey, look, they took this bag. That's a $50 bag. Or they took this laundry basket. That's a $20 laundry basket. Then you can add that up. And then let's say they threw all that in a shopping cart and they got out with the shopping cart. Well, you know, the shopping cart's $340. You add that on. And sometimes that's how you'd get your felony theft, right? You know, they'd steal several hundred dollars worth of stuff. They'd also steal the uh, shopping cart because the shopping cart's not supposed to leave the store, right? That's why it's got security features. It's got the tip bar. It's got the security bar so it can't leave the store. And they still forced it out the door anyway. That's now a theft. So they add all that together plus the 300 some dollars. Hey, boom, it went over a grand. Felony theft. And now what the senior LPs up there are telling them to do is only count the one item. The backpack, the carry-on luggage, the duffel bag, or the laundry basket. Whatever they're using uh, to commit that theft with, whatever item or container they're using that's what they're having them count. And that item is only anywhere from 20 to 50, 60 bucks. So it's never going to reach that felony level. Not that they're ever going to report it anyway. So like when I talk with local PD, they're just like, they hate working anywhere near there's a Ross because of all the problems it creates. And it's not just like Ross. There's other businesses that do the same bullshit too. 
you know, you've got Factory to You, you've got uh, Ulta Beauty, multiple places, uh, pretty much most of the dollar stores too, which is weird. You'd think like, why would there be a lot of theft at a dollar store? Because they don't do anything about the theft. So yeah, people go there to steal stuff. Uh, this is where I'm in the middle of doing this uh, podcast and I'm on, I'm supposed to be on a low key site, but some sketchy guy just came on. So I'm going to pause this right here and we'll go see what he's doing and then I'll get right back to it. sketchy guy dealt with um, it's funny I use the word sketchy guy because uh, that's one of those things that just annoys me uh, when I'm dealing with someone who reports someone suspicious on the property where I was like hey man like is it white male 30 you know blue jeans red shirt black backpack you know got a Nike ball cap on no they're just like oh we got this sketchy guy uh, but yeah anyway he, he was dealt with um really weirdly honest um he's looking for a fix so he's looking for change he's looking for things he can pick up on the ground and maybe sell um he's gonna ask people for money so panhandling um and he looks kind of familiar so even though the store is not open uh, i know their lps on site so i shot the guy a text and i'm like hey man look out your window is this guy familiar and he's like oh yeah man he's a regular shoplifter and i'm like all right cool man kick rocks get off the property It's weirdly honest, though. He's like, I'm looking for a fix. And, you know, sometimes you get that. Sometimes you get that. Like the like the homeless guy with the sign, you know, why lie? I'm doing this for beer. You know? Um, so that was just kind of funny. But he looked a little familiar to me. And that's one of the things you want to be able to establish uh, with sites that you're working is can you communicate with the LPs and the managers and, you know, property maintenance and landscapers and all that? Can you communicate with them? Can you put them on a business watch? Get everyone on like a group chat? You know, it's helpful when you can, especially when you're using a company phone. Um, that way you guys can just communicate info. Or let's say you're off site, you know, or you're off shift and something happened while you were on. They took a photo and then when you get on shift, they can just send it to you and be like, hey, this happened, you know, at this time. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, you can put that in your sometimes that helps you like hey look while we're not here um we're getting a lot of negative interactions uh, while we're not here maybe you need to hire us on longer and you know sometimes that happens uh, sometimes it does not but you know and anyway back to that store their ropes uh, do seem to be affecting the cars, but what it's not affecting so much is that drug-based shoplifting. They're just running out with lots of stuff. You know, they're ducking under uh, the ropes. They'll grab you know, armfuls of it. They're not taking the carts anymore, but they're loading up bags, duffel bags, backpacks, laundry baskets, uh, airline luggage that they sell in the store, and they'll load all that up, or sometimes just carry an armful of the stuff and duck under or very happily on my part, try and hop over it because they'll usually catch their foot when they do that. And they'll trip and drop everything. And it's always funny, every time. 
but regardless, it is stopping this, uh, the cart, so it's somewhat effective. Um, I mentioned that they should probably switch to a sort of metal barrier, something you might see at a concert venue. But that would involve them spending money, so that's something you got to understand too. That when you're like, well, why can't such and such business do this, that, or the other thing? Because it costs money. These little uh, rope barriers that they have, they already have them on site. Didn't cost them anything. They're just sitting in their stock room. So the person who came up with that idea, they came up with an idea that is at least somewhat effective and did not cost the company any money. So that's that's a good idea. Is it the best idea? No. Is it going to fix their problems 100%? No. Is it gonna stop some problems? Yes, as we've seen with the uh, shopping carts. But do they need to do more? Oh God, yes, they need to do more. Um, for the love of God, they just need to do online reporting at the bare minimum. And if any one of their employees could convince their higher-ups, which they can't, um, to start doing online reporting, because again, that's another thing that doesn't cost money. You know, the LP is already on site. The LP's whole day right now, when I, when I talk to the guy, is just standing there greeting people. So when he doesn't have people to greet, he could literally just fill out those reports. You know, like, oh, hey, at this time, you know, this happened, filing report online, and then you save it as a PDF, and boom, hey, you've got an electronic report. There you go. And if it's somebody you've dealt with before, a regular, you can maybe use that in a way to try and get them trespassed. Because for all the all the lack of what they're doing, which is just so frustrating, they are in also in a weird way still communicating with the police for stings. They won't contact the police for regular reports, but they will contact them to do police stings, where they'll have, to have undercovers there trying to trap shoplifters. And I'm like, it feels like the most weirdly amount of half-assed effort like why are you participating in police stings but not filling out police reports not even the online ones so you don't even have to call 911 you don't have to bother the department you just fill out an incident report online with their department their department reviews it and goes okay here you go here is a case number so if this person comes back you know you at least have a baseline to start with and it's just so awkward. And another thing they should be doing is, for repeaters, they already stop people at the door, as it is right now. You're just a regular customers. Stop those guys and just don't let them in. Like, your, the employees, the cashiers, the LPs, they know who the regular shoplifters are. Just stop them. And if they come in anyway, just contact police. That's it. And you'll see, will, will it stop all shoplifting? No, nothing's ever going to stop all shoplifting, but it will reduce the numbers. Once they realize that you're actually doing something, and I'm not saying put yourself in danger, don't chase these guys down, don't you know physically get involved, but start filing reports. Once they start seeing police show up, because police go where there's numbers, right? If an area is not reporting any, any sort of crime, there's no statistics, Okay, their higher-ups are not going to send them to an area where there's no crime being reported. It just doesn't make sense. There's not enough cops to have one on every corner, so they put their cops in areas where they know that they can try and assist or deter criminal activity just by their presence being there, presence, security. Law enforcement does the same thing. 
They do patrols based on the area, based on statistics, because they have limited resources. They can't be everywhere. They don't have enough manpower. They don't, you know, whatever. They only have so much funding for labor, etc. So they do the same thing any business does. They allocate resources based on need and based on statistics. So when they don't have them, it's like, okay, even, even if the cop knows, even if the cop knows that area sucks, right? No one's complaining about it. So if no one's complaining, and especially if they know that no one presses charges, why would they bother? If you want your area to be trash, then you're going to make your area be trash. And that, that's what these businesses do. They don't necessarily want their areas to be trash, but their actions show that they don't care if the area is trash. Yeah, do you think like Ross corporate gives a shit that your little town is getting screwed over by a bunch of drug using shoplifters? No, they don't. They don't care as long as they turn a profit. It's the same thing with any of those businesses. As long as they turn a profit, it's, you know, you as the community that has to be like, you know what, this is bullshit. And it's funny that people will choose not to shop at this business because, for example, some people were inconvenienced by the line and I watched them go, you know what, I'm not shopping here anymore. I don't, I don't like this line thing that your guys are doing. But they'll be perfectly okay with watching people walk out with armfuls of stuff rather than be inconvenienced, you know, for five to ten seconds. So that just shows, you know, like a community that just doesn't give a shit about its own area. They don't care about their own neighbors, their own neighborhood. They'll pretend they do. You'll be like, oh, I care about my neighborhood. You know, I like a nice clean. But then you go to the shop that's in your neighborhood and you behave that way and it's just, you know, that that's your community. So people who deal with that either just kind of struggle through it or they try to move out of that community as soon as possible. And you'll, you'll hear people complain about it. Like, why don't people in this community care? I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know why they don't care. I know this is where they send me for employment and it's communities that don't care. And that that's just how we get our bread and butter. You know, and if you're working security, you know, you're not you're usually not going to get sent to a good area. You're going to get sent to areas that don't care. Most of the time. I, I do have one job site I go to where they do care, but that's because it's a freaking HOA. And I hate working there. It's weird. They care, but they care only so much that they're into everybody's business. And that's, that's a level of caring that I don't like. So, it just is what it is. Shit. Yeah, pretty incredible, Julie. The workers and customers here at this Walgreens say that they are frustrated at the amount of rampant theft that goes on. And now the step, at, now the shop, as you said, has taken the uh, somewhat unprecedented step of simply chaining off an area there. That is their latest attempt to try to thwart the thieves. Customers at this Walgreens at 16th Avenue and Geary Boulevard say this is a distressingly common sight. Shoplifters making their way through the aisles, helping themselves to whatever they want, then walking out. I have seen people actively grabbing stuff off the shelves and walking out the door. Now, this Walgreens has taken a drastic step, chaining up the refrigerated and frozen foods. The only way to get any items inside, ringing for assistance. Customers say they're frustrated that it's come to this say that they're frustrated but customers are also the people in that community that allowed their community to turn to shit so hey if you don't like what your stores are doing to try and prevent shoplifting ask yourself what you're doing to help make your community better you know are you picking up at the local park are you volunteering at your local community center 
Yeah, what are you doing to make your neighborhood and your community better, right? Like, people will act all pissed off. They're like, oh, things are going to shit. But they never do anything about it, right? And, you know, I, I'm no paragon of making my community better. I, I do volunteer time to, like, clean up graffiti and pick up trash and stuff. But, and does it make my neighborhood look better? Yes. But I could probably be doing a lot more. But, you know, if everybody did, like, a little bit, you know, if everybody just did a little bit to help out in their area, you know, you, you probably have less of this crap. If people cared a little more about their area, like there was an apartment complex on a site we, uh, right next to a site we worked. And I watched as a guy hopped the fence because when I got the call, he was already too far away. I was just hoping to get a photo for my report. And the guy's hopping the fence and the people in the apartment complex surrounded him, took the stuff from him physically removed him from the apartment complex property. Uh, when he tried to fight, they all just had their phones recording him. They came over to the other side of the fence, handed me the items, and asked if I wanted video or photos of him. And I was like, yes, please, thank you. You know, that was a community. And I asked him, like, I, I've never seen this before. Like, what happened? And one of the guys who works, I guess he's a maintenance worker there at the apartment complex. He's like, the people who live here were just so sick and tired of shoplifters and drug users getting through their property. And they know exactly where they're coming from. They're coming from the plaza and they're going, hopping the wall, getting over the fence, getting over the gates and getting onto their apartment complex. And they do drugs there. They try to uh, sell their stolen goods there. They'll even knock on doors. Hey, you know, I got the, would you like to buy this? And they're just so tired of it. And funny enough, uh, when I was working there, we actually got a contract with them for a little while because uh, one of their gates got damaged. It's supposed to be like a gated community kind of apartment complex. And they never did figure out how the gate was damaged. They suspect that someone purposely damaged it so the little druggies nearby could get onto the property easier. So they hired us until it was fixed, and we just kind of did night patrols for them. And, you know, if you saw somebody you recognized as... You know, local uh, dealer, local user, local shoplifter, whatever. Uh, you just go kick them off the property. And they had cameras running the whole time. And they were like, we don't care. Call the cops for everything. I'm like, that, there you go. That That's a community that's trying to improve their area. They pay to live there. They work in the area. They're tired of the bullshit. And, and that's what communities need to start doing. Like, if, if you're tired of a business putting chains on stuff... What, what, what are you as a community doing to help? Probably dick all. It is terrible because you have to wait. You have to ask for a clerk to come and unlock anything that you want to buy. Anything, including uh, a soda. In the span of less than two hours, we saw four confirmed shoplifting incidents. Thieves making off with drinks, food, and stationary supplies. In a statement, Walgreens said retail crime is one of the top challenges facing their industry, and that the company is focused on safety. The company says it continues to take preventative measures to safely deter theft and still deliver the best experience it can for customers. I mean, those guys were stealing stuff in front of children. They were like toddlers like three, four years old. Disgusting. We spoke with a San Francisco police sergeant who works undercover, so he asked us to not show his face. He says, ultimately, it's up to the retailer to protect their goods and hire security if needed. He said, oftentimes, Walgreens will call the police and only ask that the items be returned and will then... That, that bullshit right there is one of the biggest fuck-ups that businesses do. 
They only want the items back. They only want the person gone. You know how often you can press charges and not have to go to court? I do it all the damn time. Hey, person assaulted me. Hey, trespassing. Yes, I would like to have charges pressed on this person. I was assaulted. Yes, I felt threatened. Yes, they stole this item. Yes, I want them trespassed from this plaza. And you know how many times I've had to go to court? I think like once. And that was because I wanted to ensure that the person actually went to jail for a significant period of time. Because he was a threat to me. He was a threat to children. He was a threat to like all these people. Pulled out a weapon on people. Threatening people. Yeah, so I actually showed up for that one just to be like, no, no, please put this guy away. Um, did I need to? No, I just told the uh, uh, district attorney that I, that I would if they wanted me to. And they're like, you don't have to, but if you're willing, you know, we'll use your testimony. And so many people are like, well, I just don't want to get involved. I just want to be the bystander. Can, can you just remove the problem for me? Well, the problem is cops only temporarily remove the problem unless you're pressing charges. If there's no charges pressed, they can't arrest the person unless they directly witness the crime or they witness them hurt somebody. Or, you know, if you're not going to do anything as a business, you're inviting the problem over and over and over again. And then you'll be like, oh, security, why can't you do anything? I'm like, why the fuck can't you press charges? So, you know, if you're working security and you're on a plaza and you directly deal with a threat and the cops ask, hey, they assaulted you or hey, you observed them assault this person or hey... You know, whatever. Do you want to press charges? Would you like them, you know, do you want them trespassed? Yes, yes, yes. Every time. Because the businesses are going to fail you. You're going to deal with that same person over and over and over again because the businesses won't do what needs to be done. And it's not some huge, you know, amazing thing. It's, yes, this person assaulted me. Yes, this person committed shoplifting. Yes, I want to press charges. Yes, on behalf of the property management, I want them trespassed from all these buildings, etc. And you know, one of the biggest, weirdest things is people are like, well, I, I, you know, I just don't want to press charges because I feel sorry for them. If you feel sorry, why are you calling the cops? If you feel sorry, why are you contacting security? If you feel sorry, why are you reporting anything? And it's because you don't know how to not be a bystander. You want someone else to deal with your problem. And then when someone else comes to deal with your problem, like you've requested, you don't want to commit. And, you know, it might sound mean, but you're contributing to that problem by not committing. Because, sure, the cops show up, security shows up, they kick the guy off for that day. Right? Sometimes not even that day. Sometimes they come back a few hours later. But they are going to come back. Because there was no consequences for their actions. Not a single one. Other than the mild inconvenience of dealing with security or the law enforcement when they showed up. So, you know, if you're working security and you are an agent of the property owner, use that to your advantage. Right? You know, if one store just wants to be a kink and ruin the chain for everybody, just keep things from happening that you need to happen use your ability as an agent of the property owner to press charges right or trespass because you know the person got caught you know let's say it's you know some random store they were stealing stuff from they got caught and then the store says well you know we don't want to press charges all you have to do is let law enforcement know that you're an agent of the property owner 
and the property owner does not want thieves on their property so that this person is to be trespassed from the entire property. Now that one store, and I've, I've experienced this multiple times myself, where the business doesn't want to press charges and they'll actually get mad at you for trespassing. They're like, well, we don't want to offend our customers. That person's not a customer. Fuck that person. They're a thief. And that store, because of their lack of commitment, their lack of ability to do anything but be a bystander, is what's keeping that person returning to their property, causing problems not just for them, but for you, for all the other businesses, and for the property owner who hired you. So their inaction is just causing problem after problem for other people. And so they're being selfish. They might not realize it, but their inaction really is selfish behavior. So, you know, if you got to walk that line a little bit, just be like, hey, we can't press charges, but the property owner doesn't want them here. So have them trespassed. And, you know, of course, you're going to have to communicate stuff like that with the property owner to actually ensure that that's something that they want to happen. But most cases, yeah, property owners do not want shoplifters on their property. They don't want vandalizers on their property. They don't want homeless on their property. So if you have someone trespassed, so long as you do your report right, you're fine. In most cases, they're very seldom will you find property management that wants to keep criminal activity on their property. It's always these random ass businesses that are like, oh, well, don't do anything. We, we don't want to press charges. We don't want to offend somebody. The person you're offending is a criminal. They're not who you should worry about. And it's just this really weird attitude where they care about what a, what a criminal thinks over what 90% of their customers think, which is we don't want to be in a store with people who are committing crimes in front of our children. And that, that is most of their customers, but they're not worried about that. They're worried about offending that one random ass person. And it's super weird, but I digress. Let's get back to the video declined to press charges but then what happens is the walgreens corporation that means the employees will have to show up to court and testify and i think that's where the, the particular problem is it's tying up their employees to go to court on these you know on these retail thefts walgreens isn't the only retailer facing a shoplifting problem this safeway on webster street in san francisco joined with others in oakland and san jose to install these glass gates where shoppers have to scan their receipts to exit safeway released a statement saying the grocery chain recently made the change at select Safeway stores in the Bay Area. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, so I'm sure everyone's seen when you exit a store, they have these little towers that detect for alarm tags and beep if they haven't been removed. Uh, sometimes they'll set off screamer alarms and so on. Um, this is a little tempered glass barrier uh, that is a, it is a gate and you actually have to scan your receipt to leave the store. So that's that's really interesting and to maintain a safe and welcoming shopping experience for customers and associates given the increasing amount of theft some shoppers said they didn't like the new gates others say they understand why they're a necessity it was different i thought it was more like an airport kind of like or you know a security job you know but it, it's, if it does a job to keep shoplifters from shoplifting okay common security measure you know i've met more than a few customers that are like that too like you know what we don't like this but you know it we understand why the business is doing it 
And funny enough, like if you go to talk to that business, they're not allowed to admit why they're doing it. Like, like Ross is a great example. Why they're doing their little uh, their little velvet rope line thing. Um, the employees aren't allowed to admit that it's shoplifting, but smart customers will be like, yeah, it's for shoplifting. We know this area. We know what happens at Ross. There's YouTube videos aplenty of the things that happen at Ross. So smart customers will understand, but the employees are not allowed to admit it. And they even get threatened uh, with their job if they admit it. And uh, sorry about the crinkling noise. I'm putting on a bandage. Got my finger cut here. These stores have implemented is only having one way in and out to monitor who comes and goes. That means customers have to either backtrack to the entrance where they first entered or, as in the case of this Walgreens, use the stairs. We're live in San Francisco. Christian Kaft and KTVU, Fox 2 News. So, Christian, yeah, I'm curious. You were there with your photographer. How long were you there before you two actually spotted people shoplifting and obviously not being bothered by the fact that they were being recorded? Yeah, literally as we pulled up. And I mean that literally as we pulled up, we saw somebody walking in uh, who was uh, kind of giving furtive looks around. He walked in. Uh, my photographer was able to kind of follow him in, monitor what he was doing, and sure enough, uh, he took items off the shelf, uh, put it in his pocket, and simply walked right out. So literally the, the moment that we arrived, and then we were here for maybe two hours, and that two-hour span, no fewer than four times that we see uh, people shoplifting from this store. Yeah, you can see it clearly is a problem. All right, Christian Captain reporting live for us tonight in the city. Christian, thank you. Retail theft. So it looks like we have another one here of shoplifting uh, turned robbery and assault uh, where the shoplifter assaulted a security guard with a screwdriver. Uh, this is in the Bronx, New York City, New York. Caught on camera, police are searching for a suspected thief. They say tried to stab a security guard with screwdriver in the Bronx. Happened Sunday evening at a family dollar store in Highbridge. The NYPD says the guard and another worker tried to stop the woman from leaving with some stolen goods, but they say she swung at the guard with the screwdriver and got away. Caught on camera, police. Yeah, uh, that's actually happened to me several times. Uh, screwdrivers, nail files, like the, me like the metal ones. Uh, Razor blades that have been tied off on stuff, box cutters, syringes. Um, you really got to be careful and quick uh, when that happens. Um, there's been multiple times where I have pepper sprayed someone uh, just for swinging at me with an unknown metal object, and then you find out what it is later. Um, oddly enough, it's mostly women that I've had that issue with where they pull these random... Uh, one of them was a Phillips screwdriver that you could tell that they actually sharpened freaking weird but a lot of women have pulled random weapons on that i have had males pull weapons too uh, but then those usually end up being uh what you might expect like an actual knife um like one of those other mini baseball bats sometimes they have nails in them like a freaking mace it's like okay um uh wallet chains or even bike lock chains i've had those and yeah you, you just got to be quick um and you know if your gut tells you to back off you back off Right, you know, especially if they have a weapon. If you don't need to pursue, don't pursue. You know, don't risk your safety. Um, but yeah, pepper spray has been a friend, or rather, pepper gel. That's that's usually my preferred go-to, uh, just to prevent the spray from permeating the air. 
and it's usually a little more accurate uh, especially if there is a little bit of wind in the air I mean wind will still affect gel it's just to a lesser degree thankfully um, a fogger that will definitely wind will definitely affect that so yeah I, I don't find uh, too many cases to end up using a fogger um, you definitely don't want to use one inside a building that's that'll cause problems um, and then outside uh, it's, it's got to be on a very like low wind day just no wind because any kind of wind is going to throw that all over the place but yeah getting weapons pulled on you um, that, that, that is something that will happen uh, I remember one or I was chasing after a guy he had taken uh, I don't even remember how many bottles at this point but it was all liquor uh, I'd stolen from this little uh, Asian market a uh, little family owned place and just stole a lot of liquor You know, everything from malt liquor to hard liquor and like sake and uh, you know, just whatever um, he pulled a claw hammer that he had tucked in his belt and it was actually one of the employees uh, who warned me of it. Who like security, security, look out! You know he's got he's got a weapon, he's got a hammer. And I was like, what the fuck? And as soon as the guy turned, I jumped back a step, and he swung the hammer. And that was before we had more tools uh, than we do now. And you know now, like I have a vest. I've got this like uh, cut resistant jacket. Um, so we've got multiple tools, baton, taser, pepper spray. And just back then we had a lot less. It was more towards, uh, I think I've, I've told you about in like tools of a security guard, um, pen and pad of paper. <laughs> that, that was a big one. And big old flashlight, big old mag light. We had one of those. And it was just like, uh, okay, back off. And funny enough, that was one of those properties that did, didn't want us to have a lot of defensive tools displaying because they want to make customers nervous. But the area was next to like a drug rehab clinic and like a mental health clinic and the area had prostitution and drug dealing and it's like and you don't want us to have weapons like your customers come here armed guy freaking open carrying pistols like okay whatever and we, we ended up uh, not keeping that contract just because it was too dangerous and they weren't willing to up our pay and they were being weird about the defensive tools so it was just like you know what yeah we're done we're not going to do it and they tried a few other companies since I've driven by in the area and I even talked with a few of the other guys, and they're just like, yeah, we're not keeping this contract either. So that's just one of those cases of the property management being unreasonable and not worth the contract. And you're going to find quite a few of those uh, when you do security. And if your company's smart, you know, they're not going to keep you there. Now, if, if you're a new startup company, I understand keeping your contracts. Um, but there, there is a certain point where it's not worth it. And it's just like, you know what, your employees are in danger the client's too much of a pain in the ass to deal with. We, we have a huge client in uh, the area we're in that we will no longer work for ever again uh, because they are too much of a pain in the ass to deal with and they only work for cheap. And it's like, okay, fine, you go ahead and hire the cheap companies. We, we won't work for you anymore. And funny enough, we actually have a few contracts uh, where we are working on their property, but we don't work for them. We work for the individual business that's on that property. And they'll still come over and try and tell us what to do. And we're like, no, we don't work for you. We work for this business. You know, if this business tells us to do that, then we're going to go do that. But we don't work for you. And they're, they're very aggravating. And just, you know, you're, you're, gonna, you're going to encounter that. 
And, you know, the best thing is just to stick with your post orders, stick with your company policy and, you know, just do everything you're supposed to do on your end. And if you have, if you work for a decent business, your business will come time for renewal, not renew with that site, not renew with that company. And, you know, usually it'll be like a wage issue. Like ours, we've lost contracts because our manager, our operations manager negotiated for higher wages. So obviously that means the client would have to pay more. And they said, that's okay. Uh, If you're not willing to pay more, you know, thank you for the time we've been here. Uh, You're going to have to find another company because we're not going to renew. He's like, my guards, my security patrols are worth more money uh, than they are currently being paid. And if you're not willing to help give them that raise, we'll find another contract somewhere else. And sure enough, we have. You know, it's just don't work for peanuts when you're doing security. You know, don't work for near minimum wage. Okay. Always get several dollars more at the least. Because there there is inherent danger to the job. And like I said before, 90% of the time, you are not getting hired to work in a nice area unless it's like an HOA or something. You know, and they already want their area to look nice. They don't even necessarily need security. It's just part of the image. It's like an aesthetic for their whole area. Like, oh, we're a gated community. We have security. We're safe. We're in a well-off neighborhood. And it's just part of their peace of mind. And so they pay for it. And I'm not going to knock that. I mean, and it probably does deter issues down the road. Like people drive by and they see, oh, there's a security gate. Oh, there's actual, it's not an automated gate. There's actually a gate attendant, you know, in a security uniform. And, oh, hey, look, they have security patrols throughout the neighborhood. Kind of like a neighborhood watch, but it's security. And, oh, hey, look, there's another gate the further in you go. And it's also manned by someone working security. And they also have someone patrolling inside that gate, too. So it it just, it's what they, you know, if you have a nice house, you have a nice community, and, yeah, unfortunately, it's an HOA. But it's part of their peace of mind. And then when stuff does happen in the middle of the night, there's someone they can call in. Hey, I think I heard someone in my yard. Contact the night patrol. And they will. You know, they'll call the gatehouse and the gatehouse will send the night patrol to their house to check things out. So it's just part of their peace of mind. And I'm not going to knock that, you know, if, if that's what you want to pay for and that's what you want, good for you, you know. But that's also, you know, not most of what security you're going to be doing most of the time. It's going to be places who have hired you because they have a problem. And that's just the nature of it is, hey, we've had shoplifting, hey, we've had vandalism, hey, we've had drug dealers and tweakers and prostitution and homeless and, you know, so on and so on on this property. That's why we're hiring security. And that just is what it is. shoplifting suspects thought they were walking out of Southeast Houston store trouble-free. Well, that was until they were confronted by some employees. Look at this. A guy filled up a shopping cart and then tried to leave the store off of Telephone Road back in March, but that employee, you see, trying to stop him as two other people also walked out with what police say was even more stolen stuff before that employee was shoved to the ground. They all ended up getting away in a light blue van called Crime Stop. I guess that was in uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, no security involved in that one. Uh, looks like an employee, possibly in a loss prevention role, was trying to prevent them from leaving. 
Uh, they assaulted the employee. So that actually, in many places, turned shoplifting into robbery. Uh, in most places, you know, even if your company says don't do it, you know, state and local laws will state something to the effect of you're allowed to use reasonable force to detain a person suspected of a crime so long as you contact law enforcement. As long as the purpose of your detention of them is to turn them over to law enforcement so law enforcement can conduct an investigation. Right Now that's going to change from place to place, jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but in general, you know, that's typically, it's, you know, it's what you would call citizen's arrest. Um, so loss prevention and security often uh, deal with stuff like that. And you're basically allowed to use reasonable force. Okay, now what's reasonable? Is the person not attacking you or attacking anyone? Then you asking them to stay or blocking their exit while you contact law enforcement? Is that reasonable? Most probably. Um, is... If they try to fight you and you defended yourself, is that reasonable? Yes. Uh, you continuing to hit them after they've given up, is that reasonable? No, no, it is not. So, you know, reasonable force. Uh, for one example we did is we had a shoplifter. It was me uh, working on the lot and another company was working for one of the businesses there. And we had a good communication going on. I worked for the lot and the property. They worked for the business. They hit me up and said, hey, Loss prevention here thinks this guy's going to run out. I'm going to stand by out front. Can you back me up? Sure. Got you. I got you covered. And roll up. Sure enough, loss prevention approaches the guy. The guy tries to bolt. Their security stops him out front. He tries to fight their security. I assist. Their security handcuffs the guy. We call 911, let them know what's going on. Uh, they basically told us, it's going to be a bit there. They were currently dealing with some sort of assault with a deadly weapon in the area. And we said, okay, we understand we have the person in our custody. They are handcuffed and we also handcuffed them to a pole. So reasonable for, I mean, we even talked with the officer about that. And like, you didn't like continue to try and hurt them, you know, hurt the person or fight them while they were handcuffed. We're like, no, once they were handcuffed, we called law enforcement person stood by here with us for you we made sure they had water offered them you know use of the restroom you know once we had them in custody we just wait for you guys they took them 40 minutes to get someone over there which is actually you know honestly was pretty quick but i think one of the reasons they sent someone so quickly was that we told them we had him handcuffed um that we were not letting him go until an officer arrived uh, to perform an investigation and of course the store ended up pressing charges for the theft. Um, also, apparently, he threatened an employee, so that employee uh, pressed charges for the threat. Uh, the security guard for their company pressed charges for the assault, and I informed them that I wanted them trespassed from the entire property. So, you know, got the theft charge, got the threat, got the assault. They ended up adding robbery onto that. Uh, turns out the guy had warrants, and then I had him trespassed from the whole plaza. So just kind of working together like that. Um, and if you can work together like that, great. You know, freaking make it happen. You know, communicate with everybody. Um, but, you know, reasonable force. Once they stop fighting, you don't keep attacking. Okay? And don't use unreasonable force. Like, you know, you have a shoplifter, they haven't done anything, you just run up and freaking hit them with like a metal pole or something right in the back of the head. Like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Um, you know, cause I've, I've, I've listened to customers talk about that. They're like, I'm going to be Billy badass 
And like, if I saw this happening, it's like, you did see it happening and you didn't do anything. So, but you'll have customers that are like, well, I would have done it this way. It's like, you, you were here. Why didn't you do it that way? You know, just, I'm talking a big game, not doing anything. That's customers for you. I'm not sure where this one is. I'm having trouble hearing uh, what the city is. Uh, so I'm just not sure what state. Uh, but here we have a theft going on in a TJ Maxx. And uh, yeah, TJ Maxx is another one where a lot of theft happens. Uh, Burlington Coat Factory is another one. Um, just places where theft happen. A good Samaritan trying to stop two alleged thieves at a TJ Maxx in Miraloma. Dramatic video captured by a customer showing the takedown at the location on Lemonite Avenue. At least two women wearing black hoodies seen trying to walk out with arms full of purses. But when the second one tried to leave, a man jumped in to stop her, tackling her, eventually knocking her to the ground. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. After a brief struggle, the alleged thief was able to get away. It's unclear what merchandise actually was taken. So far, no arrests have been made. And a good Samaritan trying. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six purses, I think there. Two large uh, reusable shopping bags, or maybe those are gift bags. Stop two alleged thieves at a TJ Maxx in Miraloma. Dramatic video. Another one with a backpack and also two large, and maybe those are gift bags. Uh, both of them trying to leave with the items. Uh, first one gets to the uh, security checkpoint. Those are the, uh, the little towers you see next to the exit door that kind of go off when there's alarms. Uh, second one, he goes to try and grab the bags from her and stop her. She immediately punches him in the face. That is something you got to be prepared for. If you're going to try and stop a shoplifter, whether you're security or just some customer, whatever, some of them fight, and some of them will pull a weapon immediately, okay? Uh, so you just really got to be prepared for that. If you're going to try and get involved, and I'm not here to try and dissuade you from getting involved, you know, just be prepared that it can go violent pretty quick, okay? And you need to focus on your own safety, and hey, if you can, you can help in other ways, like, sometimes you don't have to get physical, right? You, If you can get a license plate, a vehicle make and model, a good photo, a good description, um, that would usually be more than enough uh, to, you know, at least get the cops involved. And so, hey, if you can do that, great. You don't always have to go and get physical with them, okay? And sometimes, you know, I, I get it. it. It is an instinct, you know, to want to get physical, to help recover those items because you see somebody doing something in your neighborhood, in your section of town, and you're like, you know what, I raise my kids here, people go to school here, people work here, you know, I, we don't want to see this in our neighborhood, and hey, more power to you that you want to try and stop it, just be safe. Captured by a customer showing the takedown at the location on Lemonite Avenue. At least two women wearing black hoodies seen trying to walk out with arms full of purses. But when the second one tried to leave, a man jumped in to stop her, tackling her, eventually knocking her to the ground. Let me go. 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 After a yeah, that's her saying, let me go over and over again. Um, you know, I have seen on video 
uh, from places I've worked at or responded to where customers are just beating the crap out of a shoplifter. And male, female, doesn't matter. Um, I watched on video one, it was a group of four people, uh, three males and a female, uh, surrounded a shoplifter and just beat the crap out of her. And then when her buddy showed up, and her buddy's a guy to like stop it happening, they beat the crap out of him too. And then they left. And, you know, the store kept all the items. Uh, law enforcement was called by one of the employees. Um, store didn't want to press charges on anybody. And the thieves, uh, I think they got one of them uh, to also The other one did not stick around. I don't know what happened after that. Uh, but obviously the thieves are not, are not going to stick around to try and press charges in most cases. Uh, like for example, I knew one, uh, where an old man took a golf club out of his car and smashed up a shoplifter's car as they were trying to leave. Now did the shop, did the old man probably do more damage to their car than they stole? Yes. Are they going to stick around and report it? Probably not because if they do, they're just getting arrested for the theft anyway. Sure, will the old man get arrested for damaging their vehicle? Probably. <laughs> but <laughs> are they going to stick around? No, but could they have uh, gotten out and, like, beaten up that old man? Yes. So, you know, again, be careful with what you're doing. It's just kind of funny. Like, people are like, oh, well, the, you know, the criminal can press charges now. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, if they're one of these career guys, are they going to look to get arrested in addition to them trying to press charges on someone else? Not so much. That's more than less than likely. But, hey, it could happen. You never know. You have eyes, possible exposure. Tavares police said they're releasing this difficult footage of an officer who is now doing okay as a warning about how dangerous fentanyl can be. Courtney Sullivan with the Tavares Police Department said Officer Courtney Bannock found drugs on a passenger during a traffic stop Monday night. She said she just barely opened it, saw that it was, you know, narcotics, closed it quickly. Sullivan said Bannock wore gloves as she always did. The officers agreed to test the substance back at the department, trying to avoid exposure because it was windy. Next thing you know, you know, she was trying to key up on the radio and you could hear in the radio traffic almost like she was choking. Sullivan said the officers found Bannock in and out of consciousness. They got Bannock out of the car and ran to get the emergency medication Narcan. It's actually something um, I encounter uh, more often than I'd like. Uh, syringes, uh, oil burners being used as uh, pipes, uh, cooking spoons, uh, various pills, marijuana, like people are like, oh, yeah, is that a big thing? No, marijuana, not really. Uh, especially with a lot of uh, legalization for medical and recreational use, um, plus working security, you, you're going to have almost no problems ever running into a stoner. Like, weed is so far below my radar. Like, e even if it were still pretty much illegal, I, I would not care. Like, you, you just don't have issues with stoners, usually. I mean, every now and then it's more uh, a dealer with weed that you would have an issue with, not the actual user itself. They're pretty laid back. <laughs> um, you know, the worst you're going to get is maybe some jokes, some really bad jokes. And 
you know, who cares? But, you know, other things like freaking heroin and fentanyl, yeah, I, I've run into it. And there's a reason we have gloves and, like, it used to be uh, departments in our area would actually, uh, if we reported that we found, you know, like, certain uh, drug paraphernalia, they'd come and pick it up for us and dispose of it as, like, a biomedical hazard, uh, medical waste, if you will. Um, and some places that have uh, hazard bins, uh, like we were working areas that had uh, drug rehab clinics, uh, if we were to find stuff, as long as we uh, transported it to them in a safe manner, they would dispose of it for us. Uh, but now that is just not happening uh, the way it used to. And so if we, if we find like actual drugs, like if I were to find, you know, actual, like a, an actual amount of heroin or fentanyl or whatever. Yeah, they'll send an officer out to get it. Um, but the paraphernalia, like if you find a bunch of syringes uh, that are exposed and dirty, um, they used to send people out for that. They don't anymore. There's just too much of it. So, you know, they might give you some instructions on how to dispose of it. Uh, it's just, you know, it is what it is, unfortunately. So, you know, if you uh, find yourself running into narcotics while you're working security, uh, make sure you've had any any sort of just disposal training, um, blood pathogen training, definitely. And make sure you actually have the equipment to deal with it. Do not touch this stuff with your hands. I, You'd think people would be, like, adult enough to understand that there's just some things you don't touch with your hands. And no, no, I've, I've met security guards who were just that brain dead. And, you know, I had one in recent memory. It was a kid. Now, a kid, I expect not to know any better. And it was an oil burner and some burned aluminum and freaking syringe. And we had already taken photos of everything. We were just waiting to get the equipment to clean it up. Um, the employees were basically going to dump the area with bleach after we disposed of it. And kids walking by, like, oh, mom, look at trash. Mom wasn't paying attention. And she's like, pick it up and throw it away. And I'm like, no, no, don't touch that. And the mom got mad at us until I pointed at what it was. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, you just told your kid to try and throw away trash. Like, absent-minded parent, like, you know, stuff like that's going to happen. You know, oh, hey, trash, throw it away. Be a, you know, be a good kid and throw away trash, whatever. But <laughs> it was just kind of weird. You know, she got mad. And I, I get it. She didn't know. You know, she wasn't paying attention. But, like, for the love of God, please don't just tell your kids to touch stuff. And she's like, I didn't know. And I'm like, I, I, I know. I understand. You know, that, that's why we were here. I'm so glad your kid didn't touch it. Uh, we got it disposed. The employees went out there with a bunch of bleach and pressure washer because before we had kicked someone off of there uh, who had been vagrant. And he just left that stuff behind. Uh, among a bunch of other stuff, so gloves on, the stuff got searched very carefully, so we didn't get nicked or anything with needles, um, disposed of, and then they pressure washed the shit out of that area, so, you know, if, if you're going to interact with any of that sort of stuff, dispose of it, you know, just be really, really freaking careful, and make sure you know, like, you have a plan for where you're going to dispose it. Just, just don't toss it in a regular trash can where an employee could then pick it up when they go to toss out the trash and then they end up poking themselves. Like, 
really careful about what you're doing and interact. Like anytime we discover stuff like that, we go around to all the stores and say, Hey, in this area, we discovered and disposed of this. Let your employees know to be careful when they're taking out trash. parkour video where guys running away from a security guard uh, most of these are usually staged um, let's see a guy closed a gate on the security guard and then continued. <laughs> Whether or not you are physically fit enough uh, to chase after somebody who's doing that, you've really got to ask yourself, uh, what what point are you going to stop chasing them? At what point did you make your point proven? And if you're not physically fit enough, uh, why are you bothering? And, you know, what did they do? That, that That's the biggest thing. Like, if you're fit enough to chase these guys, okay, cool, good for you. Um, at what point have they left the property? And if you are chasing them off property, why? That, that, that's kind of the big thing is if you're chasing after anybody, like I've chased after people, intercepted people, uh, kind of like laid in wait, laying a trap for people that I suspect are doing something wrong. And you got to ask why you're doing it. You know, why are you waiting for this person? Why are you chasing this person? If it's something minor, fuck it. They, they ran, they're gone. Um, if it's something major, then the cops should also probably be involved. Once you get your photo, once you get like an idea of who they are, okay, let the police know which direction they took off in. Because also while you're chasing this guy, and again, this is area dependent, um, sometimes they're a distraction. I've had cases where the guy you're chasing is not like the person carrying all the stuff you're trying to get back or whatever, or while you're chasing that person, they went off and stole a bunch of stuff. So, you know, sometimes the person you're chasing is a distraction and you're not always going to know, you know, sometimes you just got to go on gut feeling. You got to make a decision and sometimes you're going to make the wrong call and you just learn from that. But, uh, you know, when you're chasing someone, you also got to ask what happens when you finally catch them? How far away from your area are you that you now have to try and drag them back? Or maybe they're leading you to their friends, their buddies who are going to jump you. So, you know, always be cautious of chasing after somebody. Yeah, this guy's running up and down flights of stairs, hopping over walls. Screw that. And, like, when I respond to, like, alarms or go to a property, um, they're asked, why don't you just hop over the fence? Two reasons. One... I don't feel like getting hurt, okay? If I hop off that fence and then hop the ground, maybe I roll my ankle, 
And what if there is a problem in there and I've already hurt myself? Now I'm having trouble dealing with that. Too, some of the fences I've seen are so rickety. They're like sun-warped metal or rotten wood. And it's like, that wouldn't even hold like a hundred pound person. Like a hundred pound like teenage girl, you know? If it is totally not gonna hold me. <laughs> so, screw that. But you know, I've had them completely get mad at me for not hopping the fence. And it's like, well, who's paying for my medical bill if something bad happens? You know, and it's always that property owner that uh, doesn't provide a key. That's just like, yeah, hop my fence. I didn't give you a key to get into the property, but for some reason I want you to hop my fence. It's like, no, we're not doing that. staged. Um, I, I don't know any security that's going to chase a guy that far, that hard for that. They would more than likely, if they were really after this guy, just kind of surround the perimeter and have law enforcement get involved. So yeah, I, yeah, no, screw that. Uh, let's go on to the next video. An allied universal security guard here. Okay. I think I'm gonna quit my job. No. I know I'm gonna quit my job. I was wanting to hold this job at least until January, maybe until April. But it is October 4th. I've already cussed out one of my employees. Um, I worked uh, five 16-hour shifts last month. Five or six. Well, three 16-hour shifts and a 32-hour shift. Um, um, I've worked over 20 16-hour shifts for this company and how little overtime I get because we have to give back the hours. Well, at least I do now, but I've, as a supervisor, I fought to where other people don't have to give up their shifts. If you pick up a shift for somebody, you don't have to give your shift back, but I still do. And my captain still does. The supervisors do. Um, so, um, Another reason is I've had an ear infection. I'm not wearing the proper hat. I took it off for this video, but I keep it on like this. If you notice or flying around me, there's an infestation in here and I've gotten an ear infection. And I was looking at an email that I'd sent almost three months ago now and nothing has been done. And, um, the guy at the front just came back here and told me about cockroaches. So Riverside on the James is a disgusting building. It's a disgusting building. Um, Gary Hutchison, get on your shit. Um, everybody else at Allied Universal, get on your shit. Like, this has been terrible. I have been understaffed. I have been overworked. I have, like, flies galore. Like, there have been... I, uh, I kill more than a hundred flies a night 
I eat more than two flies a day. I have at least ten flies fly in my nose or my ear or my eye a night. This is the most disgusting, the, the worst job I've ever had. Like, this is the easiest job I've ever had, but it's the worst job. Like, I've never had a job so easy that I hated so much. Like, so yeah, you're gonna get gripes with uh, your security company. Uh, some of them are way worse than others. Um, I've worked for Allied and they definitely had us doing more work than what we were getting paid for. And I didn't stay there long because I immediately found another company that paid a lot more. Um, and there was also some issues with staff, uh, like one who'd just been there for a really long time and it was okay with getting paid such a low wage. I mean, it was it was a, a nice place. It was an easy, easy to understand, easy to do once you got used to the rhythm. Um, but it was just a lot of work, like a lot of foot patrols, um, a lot of unnecessary checks, and a lot of necessary ones too. There were definitely some that were very necessary, but it was just tedious. Um, but it was a research center for like medical research and so there were doctors and lab staff and you were basically there to respond to alarms that were happening like if someone left a lab door open that shouldn't be open or if a computer room was getting too hot and then of course they had perimeter patrols uh, to make sure people weren't messing with the place at night um, yeah they, just, they weren't paying enough and you get those people who are super comfortable getting paid like near minimum wage doing security. And they're like, well, I've been here for like five years. And it's like, and you're making this much. Dude, get out of here. Like I only popped in here just for quick. Uh, I was in transition between one company and another. And in between that transition, I picked up a short-term employment. And then once I was able to hop into the other company, I said, okay, cool, I'm out. And you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing to do. If you just need some cash to hold you over in the meantime. Uh, the one supervisor wanted me to stay longer. And I'm just like, sorry, man, you don't, you don't pay enough for what we're doing here. And the other company's offering me like $3 more an hour. So, yeah, it just is what it is. And he understood. And he's like, I get, I'm, you know, he was trying to fight for more wages. But we were never guaranteed those incoming wages. It was just constantly, well, I'm, I'm working on trying to get you guys a raise next quarter. And... The raise next quarter. I talked with a guy who still stayed there after I left. They did get a raise next quarter, and it was like freaking 15 cents. And I was like, yeah, sorry, man. Several dollars over 15 cents. Yeah, I'm, I'm gone. I mean, it was kind of nice. They had a lot of cool equipment. They gave us vehicles, uh, these really high-end golf carts. Like, you feel like, I'm sure if you've worked security or seen security, you've seen them going around in those rinky-dink little golf carts. This one had, like, all-terrain wheels and could actually get up to 35 plus miles an hour. It's impressive. Uh, but, you know, just for all the cool equipment and the nice uniforms, and, you know, it's money. Employees want money. It's like that asshole manager that's like, oh, I got you guys a pizza party. Dude, I can buy my own pizza. Fuck the pizza. I want money. All I do with this job... We just sit here and watch a computer screen. Just just watch monitors, write down your DAR and shit. 
dumbest, easiest job going. Oh yeah, what well, he's doing right there, I've done that before. It's you're basically a security desk, right? You monitor cameras and alarms. And maybe you do dispatch work. You know, you'll dispatch another guard to go check on an alarm, or if you see something weird on a camera, hey, go check this out. Uh, so you're like a, you know, security desk is like a smaller version of like a security operations center. Um, you, you are effectively the operations center for that site. Uh, so if you have a team, you know, you'll be dispatching people and communicating with people, you know, and every, everything will be there. Um, alarms, radio traffic, uh, scheduling, foot traffic will all be allocated to that one spot. Guards will go there to check in and check out for their breaks, go in there to clock in and clock out for the day. And, you know, stuff like that's usually staffed 24-7. But it, that is site-dependent. Some places are literally only eight hours. You'll have one person who shows up like right before eight to get everything set up for everybody. And then you'll have one person who stays a little bit later to make sure everything's closed down for the night. You know, it, it, and it's really easy once you get through the rhythm of it. Um, you'll do a lot of online training if it's for Allied. Uh, so yeah, security desk works pretty easy. Operation center works pretty easy once you get the paperwork and the e-file rhythm down. You know, not hard, but it's super freaking boring too. Patrols walk around the building for an hour. Blah. So I just sit in here and draw and write out ideas and like going over like all the places that I want to go on my on my trip. Big old list. Um. Anyways, I'm. I'm just heated right now for a hundred different reasons. I'm filling out applications to seven. Uh, had a quick little interrupt there. Uh, sometimes uh, when you're working, they'll see your vehicle or they'll see you uh, out and about doing a patrol, and people want to come and talk to you. That's part of the job too, you know. Just people will come up and interact with you. Uh, like right now, I'm doing paperwork as I uh, do this podcast and just getting paperwork done for the day. Uh, sometimes you can preset your paperwork if you know a site really well. You know, just don't do times. And then, you know, every now and then, though, that screws you over because then something crazy will happen, something different will happen, and you're going to have to redo your paperwork. But, you know, you get, a, you get a good feel for it after a while, you know, which sites are like this, especially if you've got certain property owners. Like, if you know there's going to be constantly graffiti on the site and the property owner doesn't do anything about it, yeah, you know, you could put, oh, yep, graffiti still on site or uh, no new damage, you know, no new damage, right? So the old damage is still there, and that just kind of becomes a, like a little running joke. Like, oh, yeah, no new damage today. The windows are still all broken. The fence is still cut open, you know, but there's no new damage. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll keep going into this guy. Ovens and anywhere. I'm... I never really wanted to do security. I was doing it for a friend, and I'm done. I'm done. I, f I feel like I've been, like, I feel like how much of a favor it was done to get me this job, but I've been doing a favor for the past six, seven months. Since May, I've been extremely unhappy. Since July, I've been livid. Uh, I have had my back broken by the straw way too many times that I have either just punched something or I'm just trying to hold in my anger. Um, 
it's time for this guy to go find something else. Uh, wh whether that is, you know, whether he stays in security or whether he goes off and gets another job, um, yeah, it is time for him to move on uh, because eventually he's going to get uh, his breaking point and he might do something stupid and that, that's just not going to be good for him. Um, so definitely he needs to go and find something new. And if, if that's you, you know, start looking for another company. You know, keep working, but start looking for another company. You know, try try and get something a little better. Um, and, you know, if you are working security, you know, at what point is loyalty over bills, you know, or position? Like, don't let them dangle like a title. Ooh, you're, you're the supervisor. Supervisor with no extra pay? Fuck that. This looks like this next one's another First Amendment law. Hey, how are you? Please not record me. You have to come out. For what? If you need a pass to be in here. A pass to be in here? I'm just condu I'm conducting business, that's all. Right, well, you have to join a wait list to do that. A wait list? Yes. And I, I asked if you could not record me. No, I understand. But I, I don't want you to record me, so you don't understand. No, I understand that you don't want to be recorded. I understand So that. please put your phone away, or I'm going to ask you to leave. No, um, that's not going to happen. Okay. I'm sorry. Call the police. Call security. That's fine. Hey, how are you doing, officer? Good. Good, good, good. good. So you heard that she's calling police, and I, I might have heard in the background, someone said call security. Um, it's very important for you to know uh, what your left and right limits are on things like that when you're working security. Are you working on a public property? Are you working on a private property? You know, and that's very important to know. Like, if you're working security for a government contract for, like, say, City Hall, you're in public property. So it's very important for you to realize what you are and are not allowed to do and what may potentially become uh, legal issues, constitutional issues, uh, so, like, public recording. Like, I know we've covered this many times in the past uh, because security guards very often end up talking with First Amendment auditors uh, sometimes Second Amendment auditors, too, and it ends up being the security guard is just trying to do whatever the contractee, your, basically your boss on that side of things, uh, is telling you to do on their property, and it's real common for security to be like, well, yes, sir, no, sir, we're going to go do this, because uh, you're the one that hired us, and you're the one paying us, and that's understandable. It truly is. Um... But there's things that just, like, if you end up contacting the police, they're just not going to do. And this is one of them, is if you're on public property, you are allowed to record anything you can see. You can't trespass the eyes, and it does make people uncomfortable. So, you know, you, you got to be prepared for that. Um, and sometimes, you know, there will be a cop who will try to do something, and it just ends up becoming like a lawsuit. And if you're all hemmed up in that, it becomes an issue uh, for you or your company where you might end up getting terminated because you did the wrong thing. Um, this is where I'll give Allied some credit. As much as they don't pay their employees very well, they do do a lot of online training. And one of the things they do training on is public recording. Now, if they are actually on private property and you have this rule with a private property owner or management or what have you, about whether or not recording is allowed on their private property, then that's a different issue. 
and then that's where and you still want to remain respectful uh, but that's where trespassing comes in okay and you still want to make sure you look good on camera and that you're doing all the right things you're maintaining respect and that you are being professional because hey even if you are in the right you know they do this for some of them do this for a living uh, some of them are looking for lawsuits some of them are looking just to educate people and you don't want to appear like one of the many hundreds of security guards who are doing the wrong thing on one of those videos or even if they're doing the right thing just making themselves look like a jackass so just be aware of your left and right limits on things like public recording and things like uh, openly carrying a firearm or concealed carrying a firearm just if you're going to work security you do have to know some of the law here and there as it applies to you usually in trespassing and property rules versus uh versus what an actual law is so like if someone's standing on a sidewalk recording or panhandling and property management wants you to remove them they're on a sidewalk that's public property that, that becomes a very tricky issue but they don't care about the tricky issue they just want you to handle it and that's where you end up getting fired or arrested because you went too far on something you weren't supposed to do can I, can I get your name badge number? Yeah, my name's Officer Gates. 364. 364. You know, like I explained to this uh, woman right here and everybody else I've talked to in the building, I'm gathering content for a story. Well, unfortunately, ma'am, you're in a public building, so if you don't... Uh, I do, ma'am. It is a public building. As far as public property goes, he is allowed to build. Yeah, because you're in public. You have no expectation of privacy. Hey, how are you? So that was a short and sweet and accurate. Um, again, if you're if you're out doing a First Amendment audit, support it. You know, just be respectful and educational. There's plenty of auditors who just act like total jackasses, very antagonistic, very insulting. And it's like, hey, if you're out to educate people on their rights, insulting them is not the best way to go because then all of a sudden it puts them on defense, and they don't want to learn anything from you. They just want you away. And you know. Some of, and again, as we mentioned, some of those guys are actually into lawsuits, so they're hoping you act crazy, which is why they're being a dick from the get-go. Some of them are just dicks. They're not looking for a lawsuit. They're just looking for a reaction. They're just being a dick to be a dick. And, you know, that is what it is, and you're going to encounter people being a dick to be a dick just as security. I think this is where we'll end today's episode of video review. Uh, we'll definitely do more in the future. It's kind of funny. I am leaving my last site uh, for the day, hopefully. <laughs> we might get called in. We'll see what happens. Uh, but leaving, and we're only contracted for so long on that site, and they do not want us staying over. And I observed a known shoplifter entering the site. Same bicycle, same clothes, same guy. And so, of course, on the way out, they just sent a text message off to one of the LPs. And they're like, can you do anything? I'm like, nope, we're done for the day. Uh, next guy will be here in the evening at some point. I don't know exactly when because uh, they try to keep our shifts there a little random. But it's just kind of funny as I'm leaving. And, you know, some guards might get aggravated at that. And I, I definitely used to because you're like, damn. If maybe if I just wait a little bit longer, but hey, you're not getting paid. 
okay? So the contract is the contract. Once you're off-site, go travel to your next site. Um, I mean, I'm still on the clock. It's not like I just suddenly stopped getting paid because I'm off-site. Because uh, this company that I work for actually pays us for travel time. I got to go fuel up the vehicle. I got to go wash the vehicle, take up, remove the trash, you know, get it set up for the next guy, right? And so I'm still on the clock for all of that. And it's just that our company is not getting paid the longer we stay. So we were to stay, we're just giving them patrol for free. And that's not good for you or your company, right? Your supervisor's gonna get mad at you for staying over when the company's not getting paid for it. And it's also not good for your company in that you are staying late to solve a problem when they should be contracting you out for more hours. So instead of being on a site for an hour or two, maybe you're on a site for three or four. Or maybe they upgrade you to an eight hour you know, site. And, you know, if you're doing work for free, they're not likely going to, oh, sure, they'll appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it. But you're not getting paid for it. So just don't do it. And, see, so yeah, as I said, uh, that's where we'll end this episode. Definitely catch you on the next one. Maybe another video review or maybe another on patrol. Uh, but that's it for today. And, as always, stay safe out there.